When darkness seems to end Where are you now When the world is crumbling Oh, I, I, I hear you say This is Moment of Clarity with your host, Pastor Rick Dietering, and co-hosts Ed Bondarenka and Phil Stargill. And I'm the producer, Derek Stone. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, Derek, did you watch the Red Wings game last night? Nope, I didn't get a chance. Well, Red Wings broke their four-game four losing streak in an original six-game against Boston Bruins. Boston Bruins, well, they... They broke their two-game winning streak <laughs> and lost. It was actually it was a fun, fun game to watch. But it's always fun watching Original Six. So, um, how you doing, uh, Ed? I'm doing fine. Yourself? Oh, I'm so good. I am so good. Vitamins should be taking me. Oh, excellent. That good. Excellent. Yeah, Phil. Yeah, are you yeah, awake? I'm, and, and not only that. <laughs> I was early. You were. Yeah. He beat me. How about that? He was here. I, I, I thought, who was oh, okay. walking in the parking lot? Yeah. <laughs> when you I, said he beat you, oh, no, I was no. going to say, where's the bruises? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he got here before you. <laughs> I, I, I saw that. Um, hey, folks, we've got a lot to talk about. We were talking last week about, uh, about rights that are being infringed by our government. And it's going on more and more every day. And... Uh, so I want to talk about that a little bit today, and I also want to talk a little bit, uh, our, our dear friend, uh, Joe Leonard, um, keeps putting on his Facebook something about the Temple Mount, and so I think we'll talk a little bit more about that later in the show, too. He, uh, in his post, now I will, if he calls in, I'll give him a chance to clarify his statement. Um, I'm curious on what he means in, in his post on the Temple Mount, mm-hmm. uh, because he says it's more than he can normally explain, but the Temple, but the, the Dome of the Rock needs to go. Well, well there, there are some, uh, there's some things we have to look at theologically in mm-hmm. all of this. So we will take that as far as our theological discussion today. It'll be about the Dome of the Rock, and that will probably be after the, half, uh, the second half of the show. See how well the first half goes. <laughs> We're going totally unscripted today. Um, Mm, we have a rough idea. We've got a rough idea, yeah. Uh, then, uh, of course, we have a Moment on Sports, which is the time where I get to relax my tongue a little bit. And, of course, I know Derek has tons of curling news for me. Do you have any curling news for me today? Yeah, actually, I did find something here. It, next year in Irvine, California, they're going to be hosting an event called Curling Night in America. That's going to be in August of 2020. And where is that at? Irvine, California, at the Great Park Ice and Five Point Arena. What does California know about curling? That makes me recalculate. The curling capital of the United States. That makes me rethink my thoughts about curling. (laughs) You're for it now now that California likes it? No. (laughs) Well, well, I never thought ice hockey would would catch on in California, but it has. And in Texas, Arizona. Yeah, Florida. In Florida. Yeah, it's, you know, hockey and curling have a lot in common. They really do. Ice. Ice. Right? Uh, ice, let's start with that. Ice. You got stuff sliding on ice. You got puck versus stone. You got people with sticks in their hands, right? Yeah, but moving, they don't break out things. fights and curling. 
Oh, you have not seen. You have not <laughs> seen the, the people yeah. and the the people watching, <laughs> the viewers. Um, they can get really mad. I actually seen one actually throw their popcorn down once. Are you kidding me? No. Oh man, <laughs> it's a rough sport. It's I'm telling you. Yeah. yeah. Get real tough and watch those guys pick up those stones and throw them. <laughs> <laughs> Now, hey, since we're almost talking about sports, um, it's time for a moment on sports. Good afternoon and welcome to this moment on sports. My name is Derek Stone. The Michigan Wolverines men's basketball team opened their 2019-2020 regular season this past Tuesday night at the Chrysler Center here in Ann Arbor, and they got quite a scare from the Appalachian State Mountaineers. Michigan was able to survive by a score of 79-71. In this game, Eli Brooks led the way for the Maize and Blue by scoring 24 points. He made 7 out of 15 shots. 5 out of 11 three-pointers, 5 out of 6 free throws, and he dished out 3 assists. John Teske, the big man in the middle, scored 17 points on 7 out of 12 shots, grabbed 13 rebounds, and blocked 3 shots. Isaiah Livers scored 14 points on 6 out of 11 shots, but he did commit 5 turnovers as the Wolverines adjusted to their new offensive system under their brand new head coach, Jawan Howard. And Xavier Simpson, the Wolverines' point guard, he scored only 6 points on 2 out of 8 shots, but he did grab 8 rebounds and dish out. he dished out 6 assists, but he did commit 6 turnovers, but he did make up for it a little bit with three steals. The Wolverines, as a team, made 48% of their shots, 36% of their three-pointers, and 63% of their free throws. The Mountaineers, they made 46% of their shots, 31% of their three-pointers, and 68% of their three of their free throws. The Wo- Michigan Wolverines outscored Appalachian State by 15 at the three-point line. The Wolverines dished out 15 assists to only 9 for the Mountaineers. So let's quickly take a look at some of the highlights from this game in the first half. Teske, surprisingly, he came out on fire in this game. He scored the first 11 points of the game. That includes a made layup off his own missed shot, two putback layups off missed shots from his teammates, a mid-range jumper, and he was doing his best Bill Lambeer impersonation for all of you Detroit Pistons fans out there. Bill Lambeer, remember back in Game 2 of the 1990 NBA Finals when he made six three-pointers, but the Pistons came up one point short? Well, John Teske is kind of in that Bill Lambeer mode. Not a very strong three-point shooter, but... In the first half of this game, Teske was able to make a three-pointer. Certainly a fun sight to see when the big man goes out there behind the arc. And Brooks made a corner three-pointer off a nice pass in transition by Simpson. That's certainly something you did not see under the former coach of the Michigan Wolverines, that being John Beeline. Brooks seems to have a lot more confidence now. I know it's only one game under the current head coach, Jawan Howard, but Brooks, he certainly showed a lot more confidence out there from an offensive standpoint. And Adrian Nunez, he made a nice shot. He faked a three-pointer and made a mid-range jumper. I never knew he had that in him from what little playing time I saw him play last year. 
and then Simpson made a running one-handed jumper off the backboard. Wolverines basketball fans, you certainly know that very well. That was one of his patented shots from last season, and he's continuing that into this year. Then moving on to the second half, Livers made a catch-and-shoot mid-range jumper from the left wing off an inbounds pass. That's certainly something you really didn't see from him either last year, but certainly a nice new wrinkle added to the Wolverines' offense this year. And then Simpson passed the ball from the right boundary line of the paint in transition to Brooks for a made three-pointer on the left wing. Xavier Simpson, that's when he is at his best getting the ball out in transition and finding his open teammates, getting multiple defenders to commit to him. And he knows that somebody's going to be wide open, and he often finds that wide open teammate for a made shot. And that certainly was a great start to the Wolverines basketball season, even though at one point, with nine and a half minutes left in this game, they led by 24 points and allowed the Appalachian State Mountaineers to score 18 straight points. But thankfully, Michigan was able to start off on the right note under their new head coach. That's my moment on sports. Pastor Rick, take it away. Thank you, Derek. Hey, Derek, did you know in last night's game was the goalie got two assists? And there was only one other Detroit wing, uh, Red Wings goalie ever to get two assists in a game. And I can't remember who it is. Can you find out who that is for me or try to? Okay. Yeah. It's important to me, so it has to be important to everyone else, I'm sure. <laughs> So we're sitting here and we're talking about our rights being impeded by the government. And um, this was a conversation that uh, Ed and Phil and I started in the green room a few weeks ago after one of our shows. And I, I find that it's our laws that themselves that are impeding rights of one group or another. Now, I know, Phil, a big problem you have is the way some of these civil rights laws have been written. Yeah. And, and uh, it goes back to what we were talking about last week when uh, the lady that is the, what the uh, Secretary of State in Kentucky, mm-hmm. they actually jailed her. And, you know, it was just about everybody's consensus that, you know, if she didn't want to do whatever it is her job required, that she should retire. But right. the thing about it is, our rights are made around the fact that those laws you know, shouldn't, shouldn't exist have, in the first yeah, place. You shouldn't, yeah, exactly. You should not have to uh, get somebody's permission to exercise your your constitutional rights. Right, and, and I'm, Ed, I think it was you who sat there saying, "Hey, she she took an oath to uphold the laws of the land and everything else." And, and Ed is right in that. Yeah. Uh, except one problem here. The law shouldn't have been put, in, have, put, exactly put right. in place in the first place. If you, if you were going to grant somebody a, a special right to to uh, two for two people to marry, mm-hmm. you should everything that goes along with that marriage ought to be a separate law for it, not force them into the Christian uh, community and and force them to do things that actually is against their doctrine. Now. When all this stuff with uh, same-sex marriage and started coming across and they did, did away with the DOMA law, mm-hmm. um, remember there was a cake maker that lost their business, lost everything they owned exactly. just because they did not want to make a cake yeah. for, for a ceremony that they did not agree with. They said, well, they just didn't want to, they 
just didn't want to participate in the ceremony in, in any way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. Should have been their right. Yeah. But their right was infringed. Well, let's get another example. Okay. How many times have you heard of, of a Republican presidential campaigner uh, wanting to use music by a particular group and they tell them they don't want them to use their music? Mm-hmm. It's the same principle. How is it that they can deny somebody the right to use their music when, you know... Somebody else wants to deny somebody else the right to... to that's why I say that the, the law should have been written for same-sex marriage. It should have been uh, civil ceremonies and things like that, where if a church chose to accept that marriage into their, their particular branch of whatever religion it is, then that's all well and good. But for them to be able to go to somebody as a baker or a church and demand that they be given the same treatment as anybody else, when clearly a law was written specially for them to to uh, challenge people on their freedom of religion, the First Amendment, you know, right there. I mean, that is your right to speak out on what you feel is right or incorrect or wrong. You should be. You should not face sanction for exercising your First Amendment right. Well, this that case with uh, is it the Baker? Yeah, mm-hmm. the Baker out. Unfortunately, the so much for that working. <laughs> unfortunately, the uh, the court ruling, Supreme Court ruling on that case, really didn't clarify his rights. They just said that he was unduly harassed by the state. And now they're after him again. But now they're coming up with a case, uh, Arlene's Flowers is, is coming up before the Supreme Court. And it's going to be basically the same thing. And it's going to be a clear issue. Mm-hmm. And if you people feel like praying, uh, you know, if you're the praying sort, this is something to be praying about. Because this is going to define our religious liberty coming up very shortly. This case, Arlene's Flowers. You know, it's amazing. It's, our Constitution says we have freedom of religion. Mm-hmm. Now, there is the Freedom From Religion Foundation, which is atheist, mm-hmm. an atheistic movement. And I, I will sit there and say they have their religious rights just as we do, because I see atheism as religion. But these are, an, these are not, what I, I misspoke, they're not atheists, they're anti-theist. They are, they're not just non-believers, they're against mm-hmm. God, yeah. the teaching of God. And uh, they came up with a website on how God supports abortion, and they gave all these Bible verses out of context. Matter of fact, one was recently quoted by a politician not too long ago saying, God's all for abortion, and then totally misquoted. Was that that Buddhist? Yeah. Butt plug. Yeah. Yeah, um, uh, It's... uh, (laughs) (laughs) What? Buddhist? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, uh, He totally took it out of context, and he got it from that. Now, this is a man who claims to be, in his own way, a Christian. Yeah. And yet he, he's taken, misquoted, out of, out of context from, from a group that actually, in some of the verses, they actually changed the words that are even in the normal translations to fit <laughs> what they want to oh, say. Oh, they use the NIV? Uh, some, some, some <laughs> even worse than that. Some, I don't know where they're getting it. I've actually yeah. cross-referenced some of their verses, and I'm saying, what translation is this possibly coming from? Mm-hmm. I mean, I've gone to... A personal translation. Yeah, a personal translation is, this is what we think it meant, so we're changing the words because it helps us. 
I was and, having that discussion with somebody online today, and I actually mentioned you, and I yep. mentioned uh, Mr. Tebai. And I said, you guys are, you know, experts in the languages yourself, but just because you tell me something says something, you know, and you may believe it says that thing, I'm going to look it up elsewhere, and I'm going to find out what a consensus opinion is. I will listen to you, and I'll say, that's interesting. In the end, you'll find out I'm always right. Well, yeah, I, yeah it has <laughs> happened it's, it, once in a while, but nonetheless, you know, uh, you just can't have people having their own no. interpretation to satisfy their own belief system. Uh, the best thing to do right. is always exactly. come to right. and, and this the is, this course is, they're that. There, mm-hmm. There's a reason why we still have thousands of documents in Hebrew and in Greek. So we can go back. Because there have been, like the NIV, um, some, some liberties taken. All right? And, and, and for people who like... Uh, Problem I have with the NIV isn't so much what's there; it's what's not there. It's what they've taken out. Um, they use the Alexandrian text, what I call the Gnostic text, because Alexandria was the hotbed of Gnosticism. Mm-hmm. And, and Gnosticism is what? Gnosticism uh, is basically it was a philosophy that oh, I can go into hours on Gnosticism. Can I give <laughs> a short version then? You, let me give my short <laughs> okay. version. Okay, uh, they believe that the 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 spirit is always is is holy and the flesh is always evil. And running off of that premise, though, they start taking out stuff like the physical resurrection. They start taking out stuff like the blood. Mm-hmm. How how can the blood of Christ do anything for you? Because that's flesh. Um, they they take out well Jesus could not have been God because he came in the flesh and flesh is evil and therefore he can't be God and regardless of what the Bible says he can't be God because he came in flesh so he has to be something other yes whether it be Michael the Archangel uh, you want a good example of Gnosticism today look at uh, um, Jehovah Witnesses there's a perfect example. Oh, I, I understand with the, yeah, the resurrection issues. Or, the resurrection or, yeah. and, the, and the Trinity issues. Well, the other and thing about Gnosticism is, and, and the word Gnostic uh, is to know. To know. And there was a, there's, it's predicated on the fact that the more you know, the yeah. more spiritual you are. The, the, more, the more of the intricate, deep things of God, the better you are spiritually. You know, climbing, the, climbing Jacob's ladder by learning more and more. You know, I mean, right. it's good to learn more about the things of God. But uh, there's but, something no, else. Let's about remember it. the words of what Jesus said, though. He says, "If you have the faith of a child." Exactly. <laughs> the opposite of Gnosticism. Right. If, if Gnosticism, is there a difference between that and agnostic? Yes. See, and that that is where uh, agnostic is where they say there's not enough information. Gnostic to says, the, "I know." Yeah. Agnostic says, "I don't, I don't know. know." Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But, and this is leaps and bounds from our yeah, infringement really. of rights. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, like I said, we're unscripted. Um, <laughs> we don't. <laughs> well, we were talking about these Religious people rights. making up their own, own rules, rule, own Bible right. to support their own position, to give a political slant to their belief that supports and, something that's been decidedly unchristian. Right. And there's so many verses about. You know, the issue of homosexuality. In fact, my wife asked me today, she says, have you done a show on homosexuality? And I said, no, but now we have. Well, <laughs> we can go much deeper into yeah. the conversation if need be. But this, this, uh, this Freedom From Religion Foundation, uh, they're strictly political. And they don't want freedom of religion. They don't want religion at all. This is the same type of group. This is the same group that pushed it to be child abuse to teach your children. 
your biblical beliefs. They're, they are strictly a political agenda-driven thing is to get God out of this country hard and fast. And the now, problem is, is we have polit- politicians like Buttigieg. Yeah, <laughs> Buttigieg, yeah. Uh, okay, and... Uh, <laughs> yeah, and, and like that, that are following along, and even though they, they claim, and I'm telling you, Buttigieg is not um, of any Christianity that I've ever seen, not of any branch, I'll put it that way, of Christianity that I've ever seen. I, his relationship with God is between him and God. But St. Uh, Pete, they call him. Besides Mayor Pete, they call him St. Pete, because he's always quoting these verses. He's actually quoting more Bible than I think any other candidate on the But he's Democratic doing it out of States. context. Exactly, exactly. But it makes him, to somebody who doesn't know any better, it makes him sound like, well, oh, he's a saintly character, you know, because he's always quoting Bible. He's misquoting Bible. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, it's, it's a lot along the same... <laughs> uh, boy, am I going to get flack for what I'm going to say right now. I'm going to get flack. Trust me. If I don't get it from my own people, I'm going to get it from elsewhere. It's like those people who want to continually keep the Christian church under the law rather than under grace. Um, The whole New Testament is about us being under grace and no longer bound by the law. You got. You got to. Would you you repeat that, please? Because I've had that discussion today also. What's that? Repeat that because I had that discussion today also. You're you're throwing under the law. Every epistle of, of Paul, you have to throw out the epistles of Paul mm-hmm. if you don't believe that we're under grace. Every epistle of Paul, you have got to throw out if you don't believe we are under grace. You've got to throw out Hebrews, which may be an epistle of Paul. Um, that, mm-hmm. That's not signed. We don't know for sure. Yeah. We can't say with certainty. Uh, but Romans was. But Romans was. Romans was. Galatians. Mm-hmm. You, how yeah. can you sit there and say we're under the law with by... And, and read Galatians still say that when it says it's, it's completed it. It you know, came as a, it came as a, as a, we're told in the Bible that the law came to us as a tutor. And the tutor, you're only under a tutor for a short Paul time. Paul said he kept the law. Yeah. Paul said he kept the law. He did. But you know how he kept it, right? It cost him a lot in sacrifices. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, you can keep the law. The law makes these, these, uh, 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 sacrifices available to you so that you can make amends for what the law you broke. You know, yeah, that's that's part of the law too. So you could say, yeah, I could keep the law. Or you could say, hey, I accept that Jesus Christ fulfilled the law, and now I'm a part of his body, and therefore in him I am fulfilling the law, and, and I don't have to do it anymore. Folks, he did. if you feel you're under the law, you better take a tenth of everything you have. Don't give it to your church. Uh-uh. uh-uh. No, it doesn't go to your church. You take 10% of everything you've got. I mean, everything you've got. Not just your money. After you sell something, you give 10%. If you got crops left over, you give 10% of those crops. 10% of everything you have. And you get it to the Levite priest. All right? Mm-hmm. Not your church. Mm-hmm. And if you don't get it to your Levite priest, you're breaking the law. And therefore, you are condemned to hell. Oops. Oops. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, the, the tithing, tithing was meant for the Levite priests, mm-hmm. not, not for the churches. For, for the, the church, church, you give everything. You give everything. I mean, not to the church, but to God. To God. Everything is Everything. And, and you give as your heart directs you. Why? Because your, your heart is where your treasure is. Mm-hmm. Right? So you're yep. not, it's not a 10% type thing. But if you want to go with the law, folks, you better find some Levite priests. I'll give you a hint. Their last name is Cohen. Yeah. <laughs> All right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. Yeah, exactly. If you're going to give, if you're, you're going to keep the law, <laughs> and if your last name's Cohen, please text me your number because I know a lot of people who want to send you 10% because they want to keep themselves under the law. But won't there need to be a temple? 
there would need to be a temple. Where would that temple be? Well, according to Joe, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sitting here and and uh, are we back on track? Oh, wait, 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 wait! Important news, breaking news. Uh-oh. The other Detroit Red Wing who has two assists or more in a single game is drum roll, please. Good enough. <laughs> Thank you, Jim Thank Rutherford. You. February 18th, 1979. Thanks a lot. That's Derek who found that information for me. Well, Derek would know that. Now, and Derek, folks, did he do it more? Did Rutherford do it more than once? Did he do that twice, actually, once in 70, 78? No. Nope. That was the only other time a Red Wings goalie got two assists in a game. All right. I Doesn't th- Derek have his own show on? No, no. Don't, don't take it that way. Does he have a show at 1230 on Sunday morning, Sunday afternoons on yes. the station? Yes. And with that music, we can talk about that next week. <laughs> See you after these messages. Where are you now when darkness is to end? And we're back. And while we were on that hard break, my dear friend Phil Stargell accused me of being an anti-Semite because I said right, that I we... leave the Roman. What happens? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think... Well, when I said if you want to live by the law, then you have to ten, give 10%. You've got to tithe to the Levites mm-hmm. because that's one of the laws. And he Who's says, you're going to say that and people are going to... What's that? Those are the guys that make the jeans? <laughs> yeah. No. No? Is that no. different? Oh. No. No, 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 no. We're in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it, it's it, that's just part of the law that you have to follow. I'm far from, uh, I'm very far from anti Semitic. Yeah, I'm very pro Israel. Um, and I know you were joking when you said it, but uh, <laughs> we thought it would cover it. No, there's a lot of laws like that. Um, if if you don't put out, folks, if you don't put out property marker stones visible for people to see, you're breaking the law. Did you know that? Hey, how about this? Uh, for you, those of you who want to live by the law, every one of your roofs, I don't care if it's a 12-12 pitch roof, you have to have a parapet okay, around the roof so people won't fall off. That is the law. If you can't keep these laws, all the laws. Excuse me, is that in the Talmud? No, that's that's in the that's in the Torah. That's in the Torah. So yeah, it's talking the about parapet. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it, it is. Look it up. Give me a report in the morning. Um, <laughs> yeah, I missed that one. But yeah, these are all laws that uh, if you're saying you're going to be under the law, you have to be under the complete law. And Jesus was saying that. Paul was stating that. Jesus and James, James. If you break one law, you broke them all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And so when people sit there and say, well, that's not that hard to keep the law. I haven't killed someone yet. I haven't, I haven't. They're talking about the Ten Commandments. But the law is much more than Ten Commandments. The law is the full Torah. And this is what the, Juda- what the whole Judaism was about, was incorporating new laws within the Ten Commandments. And they came up with over 600 laws that you had to keep and, and 
and the writers of the New Testament says, you have to keep them all. If you break one, you've broken them all. Why Folks, you cannot justify yourself. The, the Pharisees try to justify themselves. Look how great I am. Look at all the goods that God has given me. Look mm-hmm. at all the riches God has given me. So God must love me. And you're down and lowly, and you're not keeping the law. You must not be keeping the law because God doesn't love you because you don't have what I have. And, and they justify themselves by what they had. They find ways to justify themselves. That was the mistake of Job's accusers. Yes. Yeah. To, to, and I read to that. Look. Good paper. Oh, did you uh, look at what, it? Yeah. And there's just one thing I'll talk to you about off okay. there. Uh, but but, uh, yeah, there's a, a great book, Book of Job. The thing is, is this was the problem that Paul had with the Judaizers coming into his congregations and trying to bring the law back to them. We're under grace. We cannot do what Christ did for us. Christ died on that cross to pay for our sins. To sit there and think that we can do it ourselves, then we didn't need Jesus. If we can just justify ourselves by keeping the law, if that was even possible, if we could justify ourselves by keeping the law, we wouldn't have needed Jesus on the cross. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, it makes it makes his crucifixion of no effect. Yeah, and, and so um, that's my opinion, and I'm sticking to it. With that online, Joe, I, I I tried to say your name three times to get you on Beetle the juice. air. How Beetle you juice. doing, Joe? Beetlejuice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Ed's Beetlejuice reference never gets old. Yeah, it does, but uh, <laughs> but it'll never be as old as you. Yeah. Whoa! <laughs> well, clearly, the one thing that you quoted from me on that post, and uh, you know, I didn't expect that I was going to spur a dome debate again, was true when you said words clearly seem to be inadequate because what I said there, you didn't quite get what I was getting at. And I think it's important first for everyone to understand. Uh, first, tell them what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, Moment of Clarity archives are on SoundCloud, and there was a Dome of the Rock discussion on October 19th that people may want to go to SoundCloud and refer back to after this show to get more of a fill of this argument. But my nuanced position is such just because something is deemed inevitable, so it is written, so let it be done, doesn't mean I therefore still don't rail against the evil to come. Most, A lot of people's position, Christians' position is, because the Bible says the Antichrist is going to do this, hey, that's okay, it's going to happen, let's let it happen, and some maybe even may want to aid and abet in the evil just to bring about Christ's return. And my position is, no, you still rail and stand against evil, even though it is inevitable. It's like Bonhoeffer, let's use an analogy, 30s Germany, the rise of Hitler, uh, not to equate Mein Kampf with the Bible or anything like that. Don't let anybody go off on a tangent of that. But I was going to do that. What was to come. And a lot of people just let the inevitable happen. But some people said, no, even if it's inevitable, I must stand on the side of righteousness and oppose this evil. And I will oppose this Antichrist because we've been given the manual that he is going to use, he or she. 
is going to use. I will not be silent. Okay, I have a question for you, Joe, before we continue with this conversation, because it's going to be very important on how I, how I have this conversation with you. Do you believe that there's going to be a rapture where all believers are going to be taken up, as it talks about in the Bible? I don't necessarily buy into that fully. I'm a bit uh, agnostic, to use the word there, mm -hmm. I guess, on that whole subject. Okay, do you do need you, to believe to go? Do you, do, you believe, do you believe that there's going to be a period of time in which Satan, as the Antichrist, like for about seven years, will be ruling this earth, where all hell's going to break loose, as the Bible talks about? In the it book of Daniel, it's in the book of Daniel. It it's in the book of Ezekiel. It's that doesn't mean Revelation. I have to willingly. No, no, no. I'm no, asking you. Not, not, that's not what I'm saying, Joe. 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 I need to know where you believe at, so I know how to direct my conversation. That's that's the only the only reason I'm asking these these questions. I'm not right. trying to justify your statements well, or anything else. I'm just trying to justify. Trying to direct the witness to answer the question. Joe, answer the question. <laughs> Joe, do you do believe? You do you believe there will be a trip? We have free will. And we have the stop. opportunity stop. to prevent stop. that. Stop. It's a simple yes or no, just so I know how to talk to you about this. Do you this. believe there's going to be a seven-year tribulation with the Antichrist involved? 99% certainty, but it's not a simple yes or no, because, again, we have free will. We can choose to prevent it, but most people won't. All right, let so, me... Yes, it is 99.999%. Okay, let me, let me, let me put it to yes. you this way. In, in the book of Ezekiel, it, it prophesizes about 700 years before it happens um, about Tyre being t overtaken and pushed into the ocean and their lands, their nets would be dried on. And you know what? God foresaw it, God spoke it, and it happened. And today, even to today, as the Bible says, the old land of Tyre is still being used to dry fishermen's nets. I mean... It's a perfect example of fulfilled prophecy. Do you right. think God's do you think all of God's prophecy has to be fulfilled? If Again, God, if God prophesies yes, it, but that doesn't mean you sit idly by and okay. cheer for the evil to happen. Oh no! Actually, you see, I'm not cheering for the evil to happen. I'm cheering for the exact opposite. I'm cheering for God to happen. All right. Well, we have a regular caller who is willing to sit on the sidelines and wait for I it. Said, well, many Christians and most Christians will indeed cheer it on because of what it means in the end. But again, I say that doesn't, in my mind as a Christian, give me permission to just say, eh, okay, fine, so billions of people die. No, you still stand yes. and oppose yes. that Yes, yes, Joe, you made that clear. That's that's the point. Yes, exactly. We're supposed to be salt. There's supposed to be things that we do, you know, as part of the, uh, whether we do as the body of Christ, that's supposed to preserve the culture. That's that's great. Okay. But the answer, the real question was, do you believe that the Bible says there's going to be this period of time? Not, can we resist it and postpone it indefinitely? If the Bible says it's going to happen, is it going to happen? Again, 99.9% .9 certainty, but we have free will to attempt to change that. Okay, here's the, the thing. The majority of the body of people won't rebel against it, and it will happen. All right, I'm going to say this, and then I'm going to make my comments. So, Joe, I'm going to just, I want you to sit here and think think of a way you can change the topic uh, as I give you this, <laughs> this next statement. Um the Bible says that if a prophet makes a statement and it doesn't come to pass, they're a false prophet. 
So if God makes a prophecy and it doesn't happen, that makes God himself a false prophet. You see what I'm saying? No, I do. I think I uh, fully understand and see your position, but you, again, uh, it would probably take three to four hundred pages or a 24-hour radio marathon it's taking 20 minutes. to come up with the right words to convince you of my nuanced position. First of all, to write about, to write about the end time, um, God did it in the book of Revelation in, in, in 21 chapters. <laughs> so, so, no, here, here's the thing. Your, your argument is we need to get rid of the Dome of the Rock and put up the new temple now, right? Yeah, and as to the... Gr- now, just, I see the whole ground... Yes or no? No, i got, I got to make my point here, Joe. Your Joe. from the 19th at the Dome in the... No, no, no. I, 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 we only have 15 minutes. Joe, Joe, I asked a simple question. <laughs> I asked you, your view is that we need to get rid of the Dome of the Rock and put the temple up there, correct? Yes. Okay. The whole grounds are holy. Okay. The, the, now, 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 I get to make my statement. Do you understand that when you build that temple there, you're playing right into the Antichrist's hands because the Antichrist needs the temple to be there for him to continue into his seven-year reign? Did you know that? Not if it is a coexist situation. No, it, it does, because the temple has to be there during the time of tribulation period because there's two witnesses that are outside the temple, therefore the temple is there. And guess what? This is during the reign of the of the beast, and therefore the temple has to be there during the seven-year reign of the beast, the Antichrist. Right. All right? But you so, also said on the 19th that... The coexistence was part of that. Okay, we're going to get into that coexistence right now here too. During the time of the temple of the uh, uh, of the last two temples, there's a part of the temple grounds that was offset for the Gentiles only. Court of the Gentiles. Yeah, the court of the Gentiles, and. In the book of Revelation, guess what? When the temple is told to be measured off in Revelation, it says, "Do not include the court of the Gentiles." Do you know what sits right now on the ground of that area? That's called the the. <laughs> I bet you I could guess. You can guess because there was one on each side, right? Uh, it's the court of the Gentiles. Uh, do you know what's in position right now, sitting on the court of the Gentiles? On one I'm side, you, that's where the dome is. You got the dome and the mosque. Good uh, guess. And I'm, <laughs> and I'm not suggesting that Mecca needs to be destroyed just for the sake of death and destruction and opposing Islam. Are you bring up oh, another whole conversation. Oh, yeah, that Mecca's no. in Saudi Arabia. I, so they, yeah, I, I don't want some people to be implied that this is just an anti-Islamic faith thing. No, again, no it's just a real estate proposition. grounds holy and needing to be restored in the co-opted dome and mosque that are there that they built as uh, spoils of war, more or less, must be erased. Okay, but... Uh, this conversation is really... I didn't go there. No, really. where, where, where I want to go with is this on the temple. If you're going to have the temple rebuilt, you're not, you're not stopping the Antichrist. You're not deterring the Antichrist. Actually, you're putting something in place that needs to be in place for the Antichrist, biblically speaking. I mean, if you're going to believe in the Bible, you got to believe in it at all. If you don't believe in it at all, you might as well throw it out. It's kind of like if you don't believe in grace, you might as well throw it out and live by the law, right? <laughs> or try. Or, or try. die trying. Or die trying. Yeah, yeah. I like that, die yeah. trying. Um, make that a t-shirt. Okay. I'll buy two. <laughs> I've lost weight. Make them larges. Um, <laughs> so, 
I'm not against the idea of building building the temple because I it's inevitable, as you said, that the temple is going to be built. It's not inevitable that it won't be. It's inevitable that it would be, and I'm all for it. Right now, Israel at the Israeli Museum in Jerusalem, they have all the furnishings, all the priestly garb, and everything else set for the temple. So as soon as it's created, it is furnished right down to the temple menorah. Everything is ready to go. I'm all for it because, well, first of all, it's been prophesied that it will happen, so we can't stop it. So I'm with you. Build the temple. I'm saying we don't, I don't foresee the area that was considered the, the area of the Gentiles as something that will be part of it because the Bible says that's not going to be measured in with the temple. All right? And that area is... <laughs> oh, that's settled down. What's the next topic? <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, hey, thanks a lot, Joe. I Joe, I love you. Joe, Joe, change. There, Joe, Joe, I got to... you understand what I'm saying, that I still consider the whole grounds to be holy whether or not that portion is built upon or not. Right. So it is. Uh, well, it, 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 it's area where it's going to be. Um, it's it going to be really holy when the Lord issues. Jesus is there. When the Lord Jesus is ruling over that, that's when it's going to be mm -hmm. really holy. Okay? And I'm not talking yeah. in, in, in like, like my underwear. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, Joe, I need you to get in contact with me later this week. We've got to move on, next, on our next phase of our project for the fundraiser for um, suicide prevention. So we I've reached out to Ann Perry again, but for some reason she's not gotten okay, back with me. After the show. Okay, after Try to get a hold of her again too. Contact me next week. Give me what's happening at their end. Yeah, all right, give me a call next. Give me a call on m Monday. All right, and we'll get this up. Uh, I wanted to get. We got a long list, folks. I'm sorry if I haven't been able to get all your calls. I know I've told a few. You got to call back because we've got so many callers. Um, who would have figured this would have been such a hot topic? Uh, Gary. Gary, my brother. Good afternoon. I, I think you pretty much covered what I was going to say. Okay, but, see you, Mike. Uh, with, with the prophecy, if mankind, because he has free will, like Joe was saying, can affect prophecy, then it's not time for the prophecy to come true yet. Yeah. You know, you, you hit an interesting point. D.L. Moody faced that same question. D.L. Moody, when he, he came out as a dispensationalist, um, the, the people that were covenant theology says, well, what do you do about Israel? Because at that time, there was no Israel. And if you go with covenant theology, you say that Israel's got to be there. That's part of, mm -hmm. that's part of dispensationalism. Israel's got to be there. D.L. Moody says, I'll let God figure out the problem of Israel. You know, I'm just going to believe what the Bible has to say. And, well, and, and defense for Joe also, he did say 99.999%. So, well, I'll the say trick 10%. Is, like, <laughs> the Bible prophecy is not like astrology. Astrology gives you something vague that may or may not happen. When Bible prophecy happens, it doesn't always happen when you think it will. Many people thought that the tribulation would be here by now because we're 40 years past mm -hmm. the founding of Israel and the last generation. But what we find out often is, is that prophecy is fulfilled, like Jesus' arrival. Prophecy is fulfilled in a way that was totally unexpected. Totally. And, and so I think the case of, yeah, it may get, this may get postponed. Our activity may postpone it. May not. Because a, a generation can also be 75 or 120 years. Okay, I, mean, I understand, but I'm, just, I'm just saying there are prophecies that, <laughs> that, get, that happen, and yeah, they may be postponed, but that doesn't mean that they were wrong. It's just all of us, they get fulfilled in a way that was totally unexpected. All right, I'll let somebody else get on. Take it easy, guys. See, hey, hey, yeah, we'll see hey, you, too. Gary, i got to get with you next week, too, because we have a date at the Henry Ford. Oh, you got a date at the Henry Ford? I have a date with him to go see a movie this afternoon. I get around. <laughs> <laughs>
You know, I'd be jealous, except uh, I, I, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> Good. <laughs> next, who's next? Uh, um, let's talk about this a little bit. Okay. Um, I know we got a whole list of callers there. Uh, not sure I'm going to get to them because we've only got seven minutes left. But there's a lot of people that um, right now I, I, I would sit there if if some way they went in and they made a, a peace treaty with Israel. You know, someone came along and says, hey, we're going to make a seven-year peace treaty with you. And um, we're going to leave you alone for seven years. And, and he came out and he almost came across to, to the Jews as, as a Messiah-type figure. And he says, but you know what? The areas of the Gentiles, let's keep it that way. Let them have their mosque and let them have their dome there. But we're going to rebuild your temple for you. That's when I run up my credit card. <laughs> that's it that's when I run up my credit you know card. where I'm going yeah. because that's exactly basically what prophecy says that's going to happen Daniel says the Antichrist is going to make a seven year peace treaty with Israel what better time then to negotiate the building of the temple back in there and, and then also coming across as the Mahdi for, mm-hmm. for Islam we're going we're gonna to leave this here because if you read Revelation and you take a look at the and I want to make sure I, I want the, this completely this is not the sunni view but of the twelvers and the islamic they believe the mahadi is going to make a seven-year contract with israel and rebuild the temple and, and they're going to coexist on that mountain with the temple mount and the mosque and and, and the, the dome right and so the seven-year peace treaty is made and it stays for about three and a half years and after three and a half years that treaty with israel is broken and literally all hell breaks loose and uh, and I don't think I'm under-exaggerating that. And, and then we see two prophets that come out. And, I mean, there's going to be so much that's happening in that, ter- that time period that it's absolutely, to me, building the temple there would just ignite my faith. I mean, it's already ignited, but I would sit there and say, look, it's happening. It would yeah, be another I, proof of Scripture. I just wonder if the revelation, uh, I'm sorry, the rapture's happened by that point or not. Well, now, you see, and, yeah. and this is... I mean, if you find yourself watching all this, you might reconsider whether your theological position with God is correct. My, uh, well, here's the thing. <laughs> You're talking about, there's three, you've got a pre, pre-trib, post-trib, mid-trib views of, of the rapture. Um... There's arguments for all three. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be disappointed on which one they are. Fortunately, you don't have to believe in the rapture to be eligible for, for the, the rapture. rapture. Yeah. yeah, and you don't have to believe in a pre-trib to be eligible mm-hmm. for a pre-trib. And Let if it, it happens, catch you by surprise. It's going to catch me by surprise. It's going to catch us all. I, I hope on. it catches me by surprise. I hope it pleasantly catches me by surprise. I, I just hope I... I <laughs> what, what was that comedian said? I hope I'm doing something good during the time of the rapture, you know, helping a lady across the street and not at the bar getting drunk. <laughs> so. My pastor tells a story when he was a kid and he came home just to the house, and the whole house was empty. He couldn't find any of his family. It scared him to death. Because <laughs> <laughs> his, his dad's a pastor, his mom's a pastor's wife. You know. Raptured all. Hey, yeah, yeah. Oops. To, to our callers, I am sorry. We're not going to have time to get to you. We, we just aren't. Um, because if I take any of these callers, then I'm going to leave the rest out. And and we don't really have time to get into points. So Because um, we don't have a two-hour show like some people do. Mm, uh, yeah, you know, that is really a, a bonus. Phil, you know? in, the words of, in the words of Ed, don't you have your own show? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everybody's got their own show these days. <laughs> so, folks, for those of you who are in a rush to get that temple built on the Temple Mount, 
it's coming. It is inevitable. Yeah. Not 99.999%. <laughs> it is inevitable. Yeah. And whether we do it Joe's way, which is just to go up there and build it because it's holy ground and do it now, or if we wait, it's going to happen. And it's not necessarily at this time going to be where it com- the dome comes down. That dome is going to play a very important role in my belief of things of, of, of that time in tribulation. It has to, if you take a look at the, at the Muslim view of, of the mm-hmm. tribulation period. It has to play part. God's going to surprise us. Whatever yeah. happens, he's going to so, surprise us. But what I do know is the temple in Jerusalem after the Christ comes to reign for a millennium, that's the temple I want built. Hmm. That's the temple I want to see. And that's the temple that I'm going to see. I don't know so much about you, Phil. But <laughs> yeah, well, just, I, just tag I mean, along. I, yeah, right. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm one of those guys that... Uh, that believes, you know, and I can't understand how all of those miracles happened in the Bible and the guys didn't believe it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yep. I don't, you don't have to prove it to me. I believe, you know. Yep. All right, good. See you in church then on yeah. Sunday, Phil. <laughs> hey, folks, you have a blessed day. Uh, as always, I love each and every one of you, even you, Joe. Um, have a blessed day. Bye. been listening to a moment of clarity on wham talk 1600 with your hosts pastor richard Dietering and phil starchel be sure to tune in again next week right here on wham radio